I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hi, I'm Nolly Waterman. And I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this is the Trihars Podcast. Coming up on this week's show. I have to work hard to keep LJ awake from jet lag. Nolly tells me all about the European semi-finals that I missed. We talk about the sevens and some amazing results this weekend. And we go off on loads of tangents just like we normally do. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. And what a weekend if you were in the UK. Which I was not. You weren't. Oh, my God. Freckles all over my face currently. Sunshine galore. It's been amazing. In Dublin as well. Were there um, were there four seasons in a day or was it just... Just pure sunshine. Really? It was... Un- honestly, it was incredible. First time, as I mentioned last time, first time to the Aviva Stadium. And it was epic. Um, I arrived. What did you think of the stadium? Reasonably late Saturday night. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you've got like three sides, yeah, um, all built up, and then the the side that's smaller. Um, Looks a bit like a toilet seat as well, doesn't it? Uh, I I wouldn't say that, but it was um, it was really cool actually. Although had a bit of a nightmare. Um, and my we're going to start off with straight away, and I know you've got a must try harder. Yeah. But I've got a must-try-harder of the week. Um, lady in the airport, quite an elderly lady, didn't quite get on. She must try harder at getting on the escalator. Halfway up, toppled down. I was the next person in line. I caught her whole body weight, um, which was fine. Um, but I injured my hand last week. Uh. And I had to take all of her body weight, all of my own. And it was like I was holding on with my little poor hand. I was like sliding down really slowly. Is this a, um, a must-try-hard or is this just to tell everyone that what a hero you were? Well, I was a hero at the airport. I did save a life. I'm not being funny. If you, if you fell on an escalator, I reckon it would hurt. Like those, Yeah, for sure. They're sharp. And you get your hair stuck in the steps too. She was wearing a headscarf to be oh, fair, okay, so she'd have been right. She could have that stuck I, I actually do wonder if there had been a kid behind her. I She put all of her body weight on me but I don't know whether she did that when she realised I was there 
Are you playing up to this just because you want people to realise how much of a hero No, I'm you just saying you've got to try harder when you get onto an escalator, make sure that your wheelie bag isn't two, two um, steps behind you. That's fair. I've got yeah. to must try harder as well. Fire away. I was uh, obviously in Japan last week. Uh, You've well, just landed. Uh, yeah, I've literally just landed so in the past can I just of say, we are lucky to get this one out, aren't we, this week? We because are. LJ, I've just been making a few notes on the games, just make sure my head's right, because obviously I was pretty busy over the weekend with the Champions Cup, and LJ closed her eyes. Like, you know when your parents close your eyes, you say, are you asleep? And they're yeah. like, no. no. My dad does it all the time. They've yeah. got cream sofas. And we always... With a red wine in hand. Re- yeah, genuinely. Yeah. Honestly, it would be brilliant. And we'd, we'd just stand there or sit there and watch him and see how close it could get to teetering. Oh, I'm she's got a blanket. blanket. Over myself. I am go. very That's tired. That's where we are. Yeah, I just got off the flight back from Japan um, for the Sevens last week, which was good fun. Um, my Must Try Harder is a nomination to Grace Fitzpatrick, who's one of the girls I work with on tour. She legend. Grace absolute is absolutely legend. Brilliant. She um, works for Essentially, who are in charge of the sponsorship partnerships on the World 7 Series, the likes of HSBC and Capgemini, DHL, etc. Um, Grace is actually an avid listener of the podcast, which... Um, it's great oh, hey, to hear. Grace. Hey, Grace. Um, but she did turn around when we were discussing jet lag and how everyone was sleeping on Thursday morning at breakfast. And she turned around and said, yeah, I actually stuck the last episode of Try Hards on and I was I was off to sleep within about two minutes. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> how bad is that? What? In front of me as well. I was like, cheers, Grace. So she was like, does that count as, as a listener? I was like, yeah, she went, it's all right then. Oh, because she had it on the whole time because yeah. she was slept through. So she's my must try harder because she's not actually been listening to the podcast. She's been using it as a uh, a cure for insomnia. Well, hey, at least you've got a place. Yeah, tick. So, have you got a try hard of the week nomination at all? Yes, I do have one. Holly Aitchison's dad. Oh, interesting. Um, Holly Aitchison being one of the England Sevens girls. For those who aren't aware, Ian. Ian Aitchison. Um, we're just. We're going to talk about the sevens, but I just wanted to um, give you give you the nomination for Try Hard of the Week for tweeting to make sure that we did talk about it. I mean, the girls have got through to the final for the first time ever for some of them. It's been absolutely epic. Obviously, LJ's been there, um, but just to check in, just to make sure yeah. that the Try Hards podcast talked about one of the biggest newses, newses? news news for, um, for women, in women's rugby and especially my link to... Uh, to the sevens and LJ's. Ian, you are my child of the week. Um, do you know what? I actually didn't have one in, until you started saying that then. And I feel like the uh, try hard and must try harder have become very sevens themed today, which I apologise for. But my try hard of the week is Shannon Izzar. Great rugby player. <laughs> Great rugby player. Plays for um, France. Proper try hard in terms of... Now, brow game strong is obviously something that a lot of people really prioritise. I never go out without my eyebrows on. Shannon had a plaster over one of her eyebrows this weekend. Why did she have a plaster over it? Because I think she had a couple of stitches underneath, perhaps. Okay. She'd split her eye open, so she drew an eyebrow on the oh plaster. Oh, my God, please. 
She drew an eyebrow. Was it yeah. her or was it one of the girls? I don't know. It made me think That's of got what you've told me about um, fish before. And drawing. Oh my God. So Heather Fisher, um, brilliant friend of mine. Um, she will be on the pod soon because she is mad. She's actually just started a podcast herself. Yeah, with her mum. Yeah, her mum, Michelle. Um, so they've called it Shellfish, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> um, so massive shout out to them for starting a podcast. If you want to listen to something bonkers, get involved um but yeah heather unfortunately has um suffered from alopecia for for quite some time and when her eyebrows fell out and we decided that one training session we'd give her um different emotions and then (laughs) what she didn't realize is that we started off with an eyebrow pencil we then turned into a sharpie um which obviously doesn't go that is horrendous (laughs) But she was amazing. So we made her look really angry one session. Um, we gave her a mono brow. Brilliant. Like, she's quality. Do you remember that episode of Phoenix Nights where they had a face painter, but he used, like, actual spray paint? No. So that, yeah. So there's a guy who... The guys at uni used the, to The, like, that. entire series, I think it's series two of Phoenix Nights, has got a tiger face paint <laughs> for the whole series. It's hilarious. But Shannon is... I mean, she... I think she's one of France's best rugby players at the moment. Um, but she's also got, you know, the people's eyebrows. So oh, what more could you want? Brilliant. So tell me, whilst I've been out of the country gallivanting in Japan, what have you been up to? So we went to Wasps on Thursday night yeah. and then um, had training and uh, played. Well, no, we didn't have training. We we played rounders yeah. um, and then had a barbecue. Yeah. Um, I ate. Doritos chili heatwave crisps basically anyway um good story a couple of the um girls said that they listened because like it all gone out in the groups and stuff because obviously Giselle was on it yeah. and that type of thing obviously they're avid listeners anyway yeah um but they said how they couldn't believe how different you were why and how quiet you were I was just interested in what Giselle had to say if people haven't listened to last week's podcast um it it didn't have the kind of same necessarily you were being a sappuccino slash no, I, I didn't think it was sappuccino i think a sappuccino i think that we are you get to spend um some time every week with giselle i felt that i was in a very privileged position to get to speak to her about her coaching career and about her role in women's rugby and the important role that she has you take that for granted because you're spoiled um, one thing I'd like to just mention is just slightly uh, monotone. So if you'd like to just maybe put a little bit of peak and trough into your voice, <laughs> that might make it a wow. little bit easier to she, listen she to. She does one magazine show on Channel 4. Now yeah, listen to her. Big tackle. Anyway. How, how did it go on the weekend? Um, so let's start with Bank Holiday Friday. Good Friday, I believe they call that. Yeah, good, ho- good yeah. Friday. <laughs> um, I actually can't remember what I did. What did I do? Were you not in Dublin for that then? You went no, on Saturday. No, I went you on know, Saturday. You, you can't buy alcohol in Dublin. Well, in all of Ireland, not specifically just the city of Dublin, on Good Friday. Oh, really? They have a booze I wasn't ban. There. Yeah. Um, I actually can't remember what I did on Good Friday. Anyway, on Saturday, um, did some jobs around the house. Where did, the did you watch the Saris game? Yeah, and then then watched the. Where did you watch it at home? We yeah, watched it here. Well, I actually, you and Simone, so there were probably as many people in this house watching it as there were in the stadium. By the time of things. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's a weird one because I, I was a little bit confused because I thought it was something to do with capacity. 
So I thought the Allianz no, is neutral it. venues. Yeah, but let's be honest, the Aviva isn't really a neutral ground, is it? Oh, well, you but are anyway, opening up a new that. can of worms with that well, an old can of worms with that one, I should <laughs> say. Yeah, a new sure can of worms. Chatted about that. Yeah, no, I watched the Saris uh, Munster game and it was good, actually. I, I was a little bit disappointed with some of Munster's players and as a back three... Obviously, I'm an avid watcher of um, what they're up to in the backs. Nors. Um, but also how they not only cover the backfield, but they um, work in terms of their kick chase. And it was totally owned um, from that perspective by Saris. Right. Now, you've got Owen Farrell that's going to be putting the ball here, there and everywhere. And, and interestingly, he didn't actually kick, in my opinion, that well in the first half he put in um a grubber cross field i think he went for a drop kick drop goal um and it wasn't brilliant but it obviously was a tactic and a plan in terms of putting pressure onto um munster's back three Uh which it did create because the the chase was phenomenal you're going to again they made a change um, before uh, kickoff. Strettel comes in off the bench and starts, plays really well. He loves it, doesn't he? I reckon that's a tactical thing. What, coming off the bench? Yeah, no, announcing Strettel on the bench and he's actually starting. They just oh, come right. up with an excuse for him not to start. But anyway, um, yeah, and then um, Sanderson came on in the second half in the interview for, and with the coaches from the commentary team and they asked him, you know, what was said at half time, And he said, well... We'd kicked quite a lot in the first half and so we decided let's keep ball in hand and that's how they scored their first try. Yeah. Now, if anyone is listening to that, they might... I mean, I'm a bit of a, a kick chase nose and in terms of moving teams around and manipulating defences. Now, they have just manipulated a defence for 40 minutes into this is where we're going to kick, this is where we're going to play. You guys run it out, going to put pressure on you and as soon as you start to drop in the backfield... We're then going to run it and we're going to score. And I just think it's brilliant. But you look at the players they've got across their team. They've got, you know, Alex Good played phenomenally well from 15, steps Mm -hmm. in at first receiver whenever he wants. Um, Some really good ball carries. He got isolated on one of them because he'd stepped a couple of people and got through. Um, But every time they carry, they make gain line. They are ferocious and it is relentless. And with all of those carries, it was time and time and time again. Um, you ended up seeing Munster just defending well, but they're making, giving away silly penalties because yeah. you just can't, you could see as players, they just couldn't figure out a way to yeah. stop this like torrent of, of, of attack from Saris. And, I think the other side of it, um, and Jamie Heaslip alluded to it in his um, post-match analysis of the um, the Leinster-Toulouse game, in that Leinster worked harder than Toulouse. Now, the one thing about Saris is when ball in hand, they've got every type of attack you want. Yeah. So they've got a running game, they've got a kicking game, they've got a battering ram game. Defensively, one-on-one, they trust each other better yeah. than any team, I think, in European rugby at the moment. The way that they allow one person to make their one-on-one, the second person goes in, 
slows the ball down the tackler rolls into the nine or holds on like you know just tactically buys himself a second or so it's just brilliant and one of the things that you analyze in a game um and uh, with the red roses was something that i'm sure they're doing it now is that looking at how many times you can create a ruck for more than three seconds yeah because defensively you can get far more set far more organized if you've got that time but you've got to rely on a good chop tackle you've got to rely on a bit of work on the floor you've got to rely on a little bit of um get not gamesmanship but like getting stuck in the second person going in for jackal creating a bit of havoc meaning you've got to chuck more numbers in and saris are phenomenal they are absolutely brilliant at that and in my opinion defense like that is a mindset as much as it is a technical skill. How much does their off-field team ethos inform the way that they play on the field, do you think? So we, one thing I found really surprising is that, what, two weeks before they're about to play in the semi-final of a European Cup, they go on a team bonding ski holiday (laughs) and they're on social media in their fancy dress. We have to, I don't know, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but Jamie George's fancy dress, phenomenal scenes. Oh my god, it's one of the best fancy Him and dress outfits Berger, I've isn't ever it? seen. I think dressed as the old man and the little boy from Up. Can we tweet it, please? Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put it out there because it is another level of fancy dress. Yeah. How much do you think that what they've built off the pitch informs the side that they are? When you talk about trust and stuff like that within within a team, when it comes to defence, I think it's it's trust and it's also respect for each other, and it's also buy-in. So you can trust your teammates but you've also got to have buy-in in terms of what you deliver on a personal level. And as soon as a mistake happens, you know, Owen Farrell, I think, kicked the ball out in the full. Um, you rarely see that, make a mistake, instantly puts his hands up, apologises. You know, there's there's a level of individual accountability that is clearly running through that team. And it must come from the the training that they do the atmosphere the culture that they have on the field but yeah i i think teams are made off the field in terms of rugby and i think um i'm sure we'll talk about the camaraderie and the friendships that you've seen and witnessed in the sevens yeah. um it's one of the first things you you mentioned when you c- came in obviously talking about sevens straight away wearing your japan shirt anyway um <laughs> On Saturday night, so straight away after the game, taxi arrived, went off to the airport, flew to Dublin. Saved a woman's life. Saved a life. And then next day, up early and, oh, good breakfast actually. Where did you stay? At the, it was a Hilton, but I don't know the name of it. The taxi took me there, so I'm not quite sure. Um, Really nice hotel actually, really nice. I just wish I could see Dublin more because Dee... I'm coming to... Is, does Dee live in... Dee O'Sullivan live, Is it O'Sullivan? Yeah, O'Sullivan. Deirdre O'Sullivan. Does she... Tournament director of the Women's Seven Series. 500th game on tour on the oh weekend. Oh my God. What a legend. Three cheers. Hip, hip, hooray. And actually, I think one of the the best women on tour. Like Safest in terms, house she is that is, woman. Love her. And just really, really lovely. She is. Um, she very is, helpful but... human being. And considering she is probably the busiest i mean i know you're busy i know you get i know yeah i know you work hard um but d is literally running the tournament but yet she'll come in come and say hi come and make sure you know bring treats she bought me some double chocolate oreos on saturday did she 
nice. She did. And she had a birthday. And she bought me an ice cream on Sunday. And she had a birthday whilst we were away. She doesn't like to make a fuss about birthdays. Uh, but we did get her a little, you little got a gift. gift you? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, does Feminist Dana live in Dublin? She does. I'm not going to reveal her address on the podcast. Okay, no, but I, I'm just going to say... She's got a lovely roof terrace. I'd like to go to Dublin and actually spend a bit of time there. So, Dee, thanks for the invite. I'm coming to stay oh, with you. Perfect. She'll love that. So, busy morning on Sunday. Um, went and did the uh, C4 or Channel 4 Big Tackle show. Um, Lee McKenzie and I were hosting that. And I was with Gareth Thomas, had Legend. Jamie Heaslip pop in, had Brian Abana pop in. Um, it was the first time I've met Gareth Thomas and he is amazing. I love like, I awesome love that bloke. I can tell that it's the first time you've met him because the formality of calling him Gareth Thomas. Well, I don't know him enough. to. It, I, is, is calling him Alfie like calling me Nolly? Yes, 100%. Oh, so I shouldn't have called him Gareth all weekend then. But then, seeing as he's now put you in his phone book as Nelly, then oh I think my god, you it was so funny. So we were doing. I don't think that was on the C four work. So we were together in terms of the pre, during, and post match analysis. Yeah. Um, for the Lens, obviously for the <laughs> for the Leinster to lose game, and in the pre match, he called me Nelly. Yeah, and I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have like. Do you have a plaster on your cheek? Oh, a big chunk. Oh no, unlike you. <laughs> um, I don't know, and I just I got a little bit embarrassed, so I was like, I didn't say anything, which is a bit unlike me, but I didn't say anything. Yeah. And then at half time, he called me Nels, so it even got shortened. Like my new nickname got shortened, and then between half time and full time, I was like, oh, um, we were sat in the stand watching the game. I said, oh, just so you know, my name isn't Nelly. He went. Well, that's all right. He said, but I, I'm going to call you Nelly now. I said, oh, okay. No worries. Love. So, yeah. So, uh, exchange numbers because hopefully we're going to have him on the pod. That would be so good. Talking about some of the stuff he's up to, doing documentaries and supporting women's rugby and all that type of stuff. He's a hell of a is... boy. I worked with him earlier in the season. I went with him to um, Colin Chavez's carpet shop to film a piece. Sorry, for... what? Colin Chavez has a carpet shop. What type of carpet? All types. Oh. I mean... I think I actually... Would you recommend it? Is there an area that you can we can give him a shout out? Well, I don't know. I've never had one of his carpets, but I'm sure they're very good. He gave me a key ring, though. So Is it right? He... I nearly stepped over the line that we have drawn very strongly. Is that a word? Firmly. Firmly. In the, I nearly I nearly went into rugby lad banter then. Yeah, we're not having it. No, any... I'm not. I'm, I'm... So you can keep that rug chat to yourself. <laughs> but yeah, that would be so good to have Alfie on the pod. I would love that. I would probably be like I was with Giselle, though, just oh, to warn God, you. Oh, God, really? Um, but tell me about the actual, the actual game at the Aviva Stadium, Leinster-Toulouse. So before, I'm going to talk about the game, um, because a little bit of my prep and analysis came from Kayla McAllister. Oh, lovely. A link back to the sevens again. Back to the sevens. Black Ferns legend. Um Footwork extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, she is married to Peter Aki, yeah. who started at 12. And her brother, of course, played for Toulouse as well. Yeah. So she was in the stands. Yeah. Um, but she gave me a little bit of info before the game, just in terms of um, about Peter and, and in terms of how he is as a player. And um, yeah, it was it was really cool to see her. Gave her a wave in the stands with her two little girls, whole little group of them. Bundyaki was there as well. Oh, nice um, cousin, perhaps. I think so. Yeah, I don't think they're brothers. And also, 
little highlight. Senna Nupu was there. Oh, did you give her a wave? I did. Oh, she gave me, the, she had some fabulous sunglasses on, um, big smile. And yeah, it was nice to see the girls. But anyway, um, the rugby, I'm, as you know, a big DuPont fan. Oh, don't we just know it. However, um, ever so slightly strange selection. Um, when That's unlike the French. Oh, God. Now, I know he did well when he was forced into moving to fly half mm-hmm. for the quarterfinals because Holmes got carded and yeah. they did a really good job. However, in that game, he had Entomac outside him. Now, Entomac in the quarterfinal didn't have the best of games, as in he wasn't as electric or he wasn't as noticeable. Like but, he had been in the Six Nations. Yeah. However, the pressure that he must have taken off Dupont because, like, the the Medard try, try with the offload, oh, my God, uh-huh. that came from an Entomac pass um, on the money. Anyway, I digress from the semi-final back okay. to the quarter-final. Um, so, in between that game and the semis, um, Toulouse had a ridiculous game against Clermont, so 47-44 yeah. win. But Dupont played at 10, and I, I didn't actually see the game, but he had Holmes outside him. Yeah. Again, a fly half yeah. outside him. Now, Aki is a brilliant 12. He's earned his shirt as a 12, but he is not a fly half. So therefore, the support that Dupont has is, is got is going to be different. And in my opinion, that connection, 9, 10, 12, was poor for Toulouse. And it didn't highlight or show just how good they are as players. Um, was that was that exaggerated when you look at the Leinster axis and the Sexton, Henshaw, 10, 12 combination. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Henshaw got carded. Um, and actually, let's talk about that because I... It, a little bit controversial. And I... Wayne Barnes is my favourite ref. He is fabulous. Yeah. However, and I don't know whether it's... I suppose it's TMO. It's all of them. He gave a yellow card to Henshaw um, to lose first half quite close to the end of the half um went to intercept the ball knocked the ball on but right on their try line literally right. a meter and a half from the try line and the biggest player on the t- on the field the tight head for Toulouse Falmo- Falmo- Charlie Falmoina yeah was going to catch it now the yellow card was given because it was an intentional knock on and in my opinion Therefore, penalty try. Yeah. Because if he'd caught that, there is no way on God's earth anyone was going to stop him scoring that try. Right. No way. Um, anyway, so that would I mean it would have potentially changed the game quite a lot um, at that point. But going back to um, the difference between the tens and in terms of where they played the game, how they played the game, Sexton scored Dupont. Um, Toulouse looked different when they made substitutions at about 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, they took off Kano, their their captain, at 50 minutes. Didn't they do the same, though, in the quarterfinal? Because I can remember being sat here in this very room that we're recording the podcast, the Trihouse Recording Studio, which doubles as your living room. And and far too comfy a sofa because your eyes are closing. So tired. <laughs> Stay with me, girl. I'm so, I've been up for 24 hours at this point. Oh, hang on, can you... Can you hear that? Oh, it's the world's smallest violin playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> lol. My commitment to this podcast is so funny. Um, yeah, you're I, a lot to it as well. I feel like they did the same in the quarterfinal as well. I can't remember that. 
but I was very surprised. And actually, Kano's body language as he walked past us, he was pretty disappointed. Really? To be leaving the field at that point. And they'd, like, I find it really interesting looking at um, body language of players uh-huh. when mistakes happen. Because it says a lot about a team in terms of how someone reacts, how the team react. And, and Toulouse made some absolute stinkers and like... Richie Gray gave away a stupid, stupid penalty and got a yellow card for it, yeah. playing the nine. Um, quite an influential time in the game, early on second in the first half, sorry. And again, Sexton using his leadership, using his experience, the best line-out option for Toulouse, goes off the field. Sexton doesn't even look at the posts. He grabs the ball, kicks it to the corner, catch yeah. and drive, try. Um, and, you know... There were, and just before half time, Toulouse gets two penalties. First one, quite far out, yeah. but I reckon Ramos would have made it. Yeah. Second one, even closer, and they both go to the corner and they butcher it just before half time. Now, it, I know that there's other senior players, and we're talking about taking your captain off, but everyone's talked about and um, Johnny Sexton not being in form and not playing that well in the Six Nations, and he hadn't played for Leinster since, you know, well, this this calendar year. Yeah. But I know as a senior player, the one thing that doesn't change is your mind. Yeah. You know, yes, you might overplay, you might get a little bit frustrated if you're not playing that well, but in terms of decision-making, in terms of understanding what needs to happen in very, very hard games, he is the man that you want. Yeah. And... And Toulouse changed as a team when Entomac came onto the field at 10. So Dupont went to 9, Entomac went to 10, Ramos came on, um, so Ramos went off and Medard came on at 15, and all of a sudden the team changed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a frustrating game um, because Toulouse could have potentially always come back into that game. Mm-hmm. Because they've got the likes of Colby, who is just yeah. cinema-sational. Yeah. Um, however, they didn't. They didn't get over the line, and they only ki- they the points they got were from penalties. Um, so it was a bit of a shame because you you saw a little bit of box office, but you didn't quite see exactly what they're uh, made of. And and I would say put that down to relatively poor selection or strange selection. So who's your winner between Saracens and Leinster? I think on the back of the performance of the weekend, you, I would say Saracens. Um, but I literally can't wait to see how the tacticians and the guys in terms of the coaching staff unpick the opposition. Um, I think that it's a perfect opportunity for Johnny Sexton to step up again mm-hmm. um, in terms of his preparation leading into World Cup. What better game to get even more yeah. um, game time under your belt. Um, I think in terms of their carrying, both teams are just, I mean, they're like rhinoceroses mm-hmm. running at each other. It's, it's its unbelievable. But I would say the most consistent full package would be Saracens mm-hmm. um, and the way that their forwards interlink with their backs and they open up opportunities around the field. Um isn't rivaled at the moment. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So before you fall asleep, stay oh, we're, we're with us. We're pretty close to it. Um, I managed to see a little bit of the sevens and... There's some people that are thinking, oh my God, what has happened to New Zealand? What has happened to Australia? There's no there's no panic from anywhere and the wheels haven't fallen off. I think um, New Zealand, we're obviously missing their key names in Portia Woodman and Kelly Brazier and Michaela Blyde and, you know, Gail Broughton wasn't there either. And in fact, Alan Bunting, their coach, wasn't there either. So um, I'm not necessarily sure it's a case of the wheels falling off, but a really really young side many of those girls haven't lost in a black fins jersey before and talking to a few people afterwards they lost for 38 games exactly it's 36 actually oh, sorry. um oh yeah because the 37th was draw was the draw um so it it was probably in terms of the bigger picture and where they're going <laughs> and what their ambitions are which you know let's be honest it's next year in a gold medal at the olympics losing now isn't a bad thing it's you take learnings from things like that you know as a player you'll know that so um i don't think they'll be too concerned i think they will have people back for langford and i'd be very surprised if we see a podium without black jerseys on it in two weeks time yeah like um but i think it's I, I don't want to do any disservice to Canada, though, who were absolutely fantastic this weekend. And that performance has been coming Attack, all season. Defense. Both. They they nice. worked really hard. Brittany Benn 
exceptional. Um, Ghislaine Landry, exceptional. Um, she got player of the final, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. She made it to the dream team as well. Um, yeah, really impressive. Um, great to see a Lev Kelter back for the USA. God, she hits hard. Oh my God. She's an animal. She's an absolute animal. Yeah. I had a really odd moment as well on the weekend when oh, I jumped into the lift at one point. Oh, did you? You do actually jump though, don't you? If I there's do. ever a gap, you yeah, kind of, I Well, after watching Stacey Flood drop her phone down the gap between the elevator oh and the doors. An absolute stinker. 70 floors in Dubai after the Dubai tournament. What well, do you think you're going to fit through the gap, mate? <laughs> All right. Put some kegs on, but that's unfair. Um, but yeah, I got in the lift and I kind of looked at this girl like, I know your face, but like the hair and like the rest. How many times did you look? Do you like have your glasses five. on? I had my glasses on. I had boggle eyes out. Looked at her a good five times, realised it was actually Alev Kelter's twin sister. <laughs> it is weird though, isn't weird. it? Weird. Disproportionate see... amount of players on that tour have got a twin as well. Oh, really? Yeah, there's loads. Tell you what is strange. What? Rowena Burnfield. She's she's an identical triplet. Wow. It is bizarre seeing them all together. Like, weird. I've got a really nausy thing I want to bring up <laughs> from the weekend and... It links to this because, did you know if you are part of a multiple birth, so if you are a twin or a triplet, you are always going to have a thinner skull than the rest of the general population because the way that the um, cranium calcifies. You're joking. Genuinely. So How do you know that? Petr Cech, Who? the um, former Chelsea goalkeeper, um, now Arsenal know goalkeeper. Stay with me. Um, he infamously, yeah, fractured his skull in a football match and now wears a scrum cap to play rug- to play football. It doesn't make a difference, though. He's a triplet, exactly. Now, this brings me on to my point. In one of the entertainment breaks in Japan, um, there were about eight, ten maybe, <laughs> mini rugby teams playing. I say minis. They were probably under tens um, and... Every single child, so probably in excess of 100 kids on the pitch, was wearing a scrum cap. Really? But they is that are a cultural not thing? Ha- yeah, I- I'm assuming that's what in, a lot in of the Japan... Players, in- a lot of the women's sevens players wear them. I don't think a lot of women's sevens players wear them. They always did. Not I mean, I, going I, back to the 1900s. Yeah, China, <laughs> China and Japan. I've been pleased to, because um, in fact, I they Chen, definitely do. Chen Kaiyi in, in Rio. Chen Kaiyi, the um, Chinese star, um, she stopped wearing one. I think she used she's to. rapid. She is rapid. She was really good on the weekend. Actually, she was. She's in the uh, seven of the best tries. In fact, but I was just really disappointed to see this this kind of cultural thing of of scrum caps being almost recognised as a helmet it is not a helmet I don't think that kids should be allowed to wear them for mini rugby do you know I used to wear one I I can believe that you know why I wore it every time I bent down to pass the ball couldn't see so I wore it and then then, then they brought in braiding I'm pretty sure that braiding didn't start when you were playing rugby in 2001 no one braided their hair that's mental. No one really braided their hair. I remember they used to do the like two backs like we often see in the sevens, the like long ones. Um, but bef- before like ca- the kind of Catholic generation, only real Russia did that. We did like the sweep across the front. Yeah. And the sweep across the front only came in in about 2009. 
2008. That is quite interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, but so I can yeah. We just talk about we've talked about New Zealand. We've talked about Canada. Um, um, bring up the English. Girls. Um, oh my god! Yeah, oh, fair play. I'm so happy for them. They played really 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 well this weekend and because um, they're great rugby players and it just hasn't come together it, for it did yet. look like things clicked there was a massive <laughs> difference in the confidence in that side and um abby oh. brown actually messaged so I, I messaged abby who is the captain of the team and i said good luck and she all she did all she messaged me back was got a good feeling about this well that emoji. surprises me because when we went to the love temple she got a small fortune I had a medium-sized one. She also was the most awkward person ever in the captain's photo. It's so funny. They look like do a boomerang, and she's so English. It's brilliant. I but think she was. She probably was still worried about the fact out? that I'd eaten a chicken thigh um, drumstick from the Seven uh, Eleven on the bus on the way to the captain's photo, which oh. a few people were concerned I was going to drop down dead from. They don't know that you've got constitution of an ox. Yeah, not like your dog is just thrown up in the garden four times. <sighs> Let's not bring that up. Way like she Way. <laughs> Boggers. Um, Boggers. Um, yeah, I just am so happy for them. I, I'm unfortunately can't really comment about the rugby because the last couple of games got geo-blocked and because I was in Ireland and because of the time difference, I couldn't actually watch them. It was actually, I was really pleased to see that the last session was taken live on Sky Sports on Sunday. It's so, so brilliant. They put in some I saw some of the performances. I woke up early um, on Saturday and I watched their their final game against Fiji um, and did well against that. They'd already beaten Ireland like they smashed Ireland thirty one, which was really surprising considering how Ireland. Yeah, they were were off the boil on the weekend. Um, which is a shame, really, because obviously they'd built such good um, momentum in the last tournament, making their first ever quarter final. Yeah, Um, and. Semi-final. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, sorry, semi-final. Um, and, yeah, I, I did think, though, oh, for all of that hard work, for all of that uh, momentum, they've got Australia. I was like, oh, God, yeah. the one team that you don't want to face. And they smashed them. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm not going to mention who the player <laughs> is, just out of fairness to them. Go on. Um, Go on, LJ. No one's going to know. Did speak to one of the uh, England girls at breakfast on Sunday morning. Uh, wished her happy Easter in Welsh. Um, and she said, we'll beat Australia. If they're a structured team, we know how to beat them. And um, Tiana Penatani was on commentary on the weekend. He's Another great job with Ricky and Simon. Yeah, um, and Phaedra Knight. But Tiana came down and said, you know, England really nailed the game plan against Australia there. And um, I think and um, the Aussies had... Like their main team, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Catholics back. The only person they're missing now, really, is Emily Cherry, who's obviously got what they like to call a nine-month injury. So <laughs> she'll be back. She, she for the present at the end. Lovely present at the end. Um, she's looking to get back for the Olympics. She is influ- massively influential, hugely, as a playmaker, hugely as a senior player. But you've got to think that those girls and um, Catholic put on her social media about um, how they are still looking for consistency and they have yeah. got it. Um, which is interesting because I would say the one thing that you always used to get with Australia was consistency. Obviously, some amazing um, team results from England, but 
huge, huge shout out to Alex Matthews and Holly Aitchison. Yeah. In the dream team. In the dream team, both of them. Well deserved. Alex Matthews put she was everything a, out the there. She was a poacher from hell, wasn't she? Yeah. Stealing balls left, right and centre. Yeah. Holly, what, like, was Holly really good in terms of moving the team around or did she... Like- Incredible vision and that was um, typified by the... Um, steal in the quarterfinal against Australia where she plucks a ball out of the air um, off Emma Tonegato. So Emma Tonegato, not not a wildly kind of loose pass, but passes the ball out, looking at, you know, kind of 15-foot pass and the line speed on Aitchison and she literally oh, plucks it out of the air. Score scored. And Amazing. Emma Tonegato was frozen in time. Now, she's one of the quickest girls in that series. Um, <laughs> real tripoter herself. And yeah. she just stood there shell-shocked. It was absolutely oh, superb. Holly is an unbelievably talented player. And um, I... Her legs are so long as well. Yeah. Although she has got a very long ponytail. I'm quite yeah. concerned it's going to get pulled one of these days. Not as long as Tyler Nathan Wong's hair. No. Real long. Um, Great chat. But yeah, um, it, it's just really good that they've, um, they've, they've finally clicked in terms of the talent that they have, but the team performance. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I know they've been massively disappointed every time they've come back and, you know, good friends with a number of the girls and and they had Ellie Kildan back from injury yeah. um obviously the veteran as we call her Amy Wilson Hardy I yeah. mean she's about and Amy played really well she scored oh, yeah. the try the in the final um, yeah and the I think the way that Abby spoke Abby Brown spoke in the post-match interviews the smiles that they had on their faces um during the the anthem just typifies how like what it meant to them and the work that they've put in and yeah. I know the work they've put in I know they've been so disappointed to not get um any of the results go their way so far this season um so yeah to to not only get through to the final to to lose in that last play to Canada but to knock off some huge um scalps yeah along the way um is a big step forward to you know they're not going to qualify well it's very very unlikely that they will qualify through the world series but that is a big step forward to putting their hand up to go to the europeans um in the summer and and go through in terms of olympic qualification let's wrap it up on the sevens there but there's one well two big things happening this weekend Big shout out to all the girls that got selected for the Barbarians against America. Yeah. Um, they're traveling over in a couple of days. Um, and fellow Wasps, uh, Rocky Clark. I don't know how she played a couple of times for England. Um, Kate Mason uh, plays fullback and wing. Um, and Tova Dirk, who's our absolutely stunningly glamorous, gorgeous Swedish winger. She is pretty. Um, and a, a, alongside some incredible names. Um, Snowy's going and Jazz is going and good yeah. Welsh contingent, which is great to see. Yeah, there's some really great names and I think a huge shout out. We've given a tryout of the week previously, um, but to uh, Fiona Stockley, Stockers, to... To get that team together alongside a full-time... Like, she basically yeah. is doing two full-time jobs at the moment, trying to sort the bar bars out, as well as um, working really hard. 
an all-round great human being. So and getting up early over the course of the weekend to watch the sevens because she was texting me to tell oh, me that was she was she? doing oh, that. Amazing. So. Um, so yeah, so she is. That or they are all off this week, and um, you also got the slight matter of the Premiership final in Northampton. Indeed, on Saturday I will be there. You will be. I unfortunately won't be. Um, I have a weekend of no rugby um, in nice. terms of the women's stuff. So, yeah, I will be watching as a fan at home. And if it's if last year is anything to go by, if the semi-finals are anything to go by in terms of physicality, um, it is going to be immense. So if you want to watch an amazing game of rugby um get along to the women's premiership up at franklin's gardens or it's live on sky sports yeah either or um but the more bums on seats the better absolutely um i know that you're not english and i know that the women's premiership you've seen bits of it but you've seen the two semi-finals who are you gonna call for that one i think quinn's i know that um, last week we talked about it with Giselle and, and she thinks it's a lot more open but I, th- to me I, I don't think you can look past Quinns um, I concur I think in terms of their ability to read and dismantle line outs with Abby Scott is yeah. phenomenal um, I think the leadership and all round like all round carrying from uh, Vicky Cornborough at, yeah. at Lou said is is really impressive. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Shauna Brown is out injured, so she'll be a big, big loss to yeah. them in the back row. Um, but then I think that's why for me, I I'd go Quinns over Saris because no Packer, no party for me, and also no Fleetwood. Oh. Um, yeah, Fleeto is although she's back running now already. She is a machine. She is an absolute machine. I. We saw Fleeto last week, or week before last, and so she comes in. I get warned about giving her a hug too hard because her arm's in a sling. Two days later, she's on Instagram like hurdling and stuff like that. No, that was a that was a throwback. That wasn't there. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> she is now um, training. She's been given the all clear by the surgeon, which is amazing. Um, so she's all guns blazing, ready for summer tour. Um, Marley's on her rehab path. Hopefully, gets back as well. Um, but then the other person that is the most nauseating person to play against, I think, in the women's game, <laughs> Bryony Cleal, um, she her foot's in a boot. If she keeps posting photos of her toes on Instagram, <laughs> um, I think I might throw up a little bit. She got worse trotters than your goblin hands. No, it's just what. Just don't put fat, swollen feet on Instagram. I'm looking at two now, and they're they're. Oh, I forgot to put my flight socks on, didn't I? Yeah, and on that like note, I think we should wrap this one cankles. up. Proper cankles. Well, I would just like to say, well done for trying so hard, LJ. You Thanks. stayed with us. You stayed awake. Just. Um, hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast, everybody. And hope you've enjoyed the sunshine and the Easter break. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye.